Good morning, everybody. Once again, let's try that one more time. See if I can get it to hang with these glasses here. So, like I said, I hope you guys got your uh, running shoes on this morning. I saw something on Facebook is that yesterday that I really had to share. You know, I like my dad jokes. And, uh, yeah, here you go. You better be sitting down for this one. Because, see, it's not mine. I did give credit to Facebook. But, um, you know, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. So, actually, Moses was the first one to carry tablets and download data from the cloud. That was a good one, y'all. That was a good one. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. So, um, man, I really... Uh, I have a very dear friend, and uh, she says a lot of time that her brain noodles. And uh, my brain was noodling on how to, how to finish this thing up. And actually, it was uh, not, this pa- not Thursday this past, but... Thursday last week that God actually knew that I was going to do that. So while I was studying for last week's lesson, he actually gave me part of this week's lesson, which was really neat because I was sitting there in front of my my books for about 15 or 20 minutes before it finally clicked in. So I just want to say that it is a privilege to stand in front of some of the most awesome people in the world. And you should know that. You are some of the most awesome people in the world because you have accepted Jesus Christ and allowed the Holy Spirit to come and work within you. And I hope that in this series that we will not forget who we are. That's the main point is do not forget who you are. I'm going to read a couple of things that we've already done because I want them to go in, okay? Your identity is the state or the fact of being identical, the sameness. It's your being the same person from the commencement to the end of life, while the matter of the body is the same. Or as you get older, it doesn't stay the same, much to many of us is chagrin. But anyway, uh, the dispositions, habits, and thoughts are continually changing. Okay? So we can be the same person but there's disposition, habits, and thoughts that can change. And we need to change those thoughts and those habits to what's going on in the Bible. We're a reflection of our ancestry. There are some things about us that we cannot change. You can't change who your parents are. You can't change when you were born. You can't change where you were born. You can't change in your family the position that you were born in, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever. You cannot change that. But what I want us to do is to not allow the enemy to use that to cause us to doubt. It should be used for strength. Because the characteristics, it says in Psalm 139, he knew us before we were even created. He knew the characteristics that he was going to give you. Why? Because there are works that he has prepared for you that no... Think about this. There are works that Jesus Christ, God Almighty, has prepared for you that nobody else 
on earth can do. Let that sink in for a minute. That's how important we are. And that's what the enemy knows. He knows how important we are. That's why this entire week has been another one of those good things. Y'all, I got word on Monday that my mom fell and she hit her head and we had to take her to the emergency room. But bless God, she is okay now. That's how I know how important this stuff is because there's resistance. Sometimes there's no resistance, I'm not saying. But I just take it that when the resistance is like that, you know, this is good stuff. You're important people. God knew you before you were born. And he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. You know what those thoughts are? We talked about that last week. It's not just a, you know, an idea. That word in the Hebrew means a mechanization. Yeah, you'll have to look that one up because I'm not going to explain it. But it's more concrete. It is much more concrete than some abstract idea. He has made a tool, if you will, out of us to accomplish his works in the kingdom. That's how important we are. And then, in 1 Corinthians, it says he gave us gifts. Let's, let's go to that right quick. I want to go to uh, 1 Corinthians, I think it is 12. I think that's the right one I want to go to. And I'm analog today here, guys, so uh, you might have to hang with me for just a minute. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to read this one, okay? He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You were Gentiles. What did we talk about a couple of weeks ago, or last week? That we've been grafted in. That we've been inserted into the promise. The covenant promise. Pastor, Pastor Terry's done a whole series on the covenant. That's, that's a strong thing. We've been grafted into the covenant. And I think Paul said something about enjoying the fatness or the richness of the covenant. Okay? So, we were Gentiles and we are still on the outside a Gentile. I was not born in Israel. So therefore, outside I'm a Gentile. But spiritually, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the inheritance. I'm a child of the promise. Okay? So, anyway, he said, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Okay? So everything that I've been teaching in this past month, and everything that is promised is promised to those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, who is, have accepted his salvation. That's the promises. It's not to everybody, but it's to us who are born again into the kingdom, okay? He says there are diversities. You know what? I, I looked up that word diversities. You know I have, how I am with words. I had to look it up. You know what it means? Different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there are differences of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries. You know what ministries is? Serving. We're servants. 
one way or the other, wherever we are, we're servants. And there is a flavor to our serving. He says, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities. But it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation or the appearing of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. One of these days, believe it or not, I'm telling you, I'm actually going to possibly prophesy this. There's going to be a place where you are where you need one of my dad jokes. Ah, for the profit of all, for one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, another faith by the same Spirit, and gifts of healings by the same Spirit, another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, uh, spirits excuse me, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Um, there might be a time when you're in a foreign country, and you cannot communicate. What are you going to do? Are you going to stand there and look dumb at each other? You can use Google Translate. What if you don't have a phone? Uh-oh. What if you don't have signal? Uh-oh. That was good, though. I appreciate that, Zion. You pray to be able to communicate. And whether it's by tongues or whether the the language that you don't know or whether God supernaturally plants some other way to communicate, we got to think about that. But it's a gift. It's a gift. Um, I'm going to skip over a little bit. He says, now you're by, I'm I'm in verse 27 now. He says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that, here we go. We stop, you know, a lot of times we stop at that. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. No. What does it say? Gifts of healings. Gifts of helps. Gifts of administrations. Do you know how, how important administration is? Exactly right. Administration is a unique gift. But that's the ability, in my opinion. Now, I, I, I didn't look this one up. But this, is, this is Lee, okay? But that's, that, that's the ability to sit over the top of the forest and see the trees and how to navigate through the trees, which trees need to be cut, where a great building site might be. That's that. That's that administration. And guess what? Even though an apostle is generally one who begins a church, he may not have the gift of administration in order to run the church. A pastor may not have the ability to run the church. He is the shepherd over the flock, but he may not be the one who fertilizes the pasture or when it's got to have water or or all that kind of stuff. So it's important. There are differences There's a variety of tongues. He says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gift? No, we do not. He says, do all interpret it. But he says, to earnestly desire the best gift. And then he says, yet I show you a more excellent way. And that's another teaching I did a few few months back. Love. Love. 
But that's a different teaching. Okay, so in all this, you know, I told you I was noodling around. I was still going, how are we going to finish this up? Because I know where we're going. But how am I going to get to that? And then he took me to 1 Corinthians 7. I think it is. 1 Corinthians 7. Let's see. 19. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 7. And verse 20. Now, in the Amplified, let me go back to 17. He said, But as, as God has distributed to each one as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. Now, the word called right there is just like this. Hey, y'all, come on up here. That's called. He says, so as, each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. And, he's, and Paul says, and so I ordain in all the churches, was anyone called while he was circumcised? Let, let, him not, let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Let him not become circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. But keeping the commandments of God is what matters. He says, let each one, here's one I want to focus on, let each one, the, the um, Amplified here says remain, but the King James says abide in the same calling in which he was called. Now, calling there is invitation. That's what the Hebrew word means, invitation. And Jeff touched on it uh, last week when we were talking about the diversities of gifts and struggling not to want to be like somebody else, or struggling to not to want to be in the calling where you are and to be doing something else. Let each one abide in the calling with which he was called. Now, you know, we just talked about the special flavors that each one of us has. And the enemy so much wants, guys, ladies, he so much wants us not to enjoy who we are. He so much wants us to look at our faults rather than our goodness. And if we look at our faults, guess what we're going to express? Our faults. But that's this, he says we have this treasure, somewhere in there he says we have this treasure in the earthen vessels. Those of you in this house who've been around me for any time know that I'm not exactly perfect. <laughs> These tennis shoes I have are encased in feet of clay. And I stumble and I fall. But you know what? Here's a, here's a paradigm change that we all, you know, in the garden. Let's go back. I'm going to sidetrack here for just a second. In the garden, when Adam and Eve fell, what did they do? They ran and hid. And then they covered themselves because they felt like they were uncovered. Because they had done something that God had told them not to do. 
But what does Paul, who I think is the writer of Hebrews, say for us to do when that happens? He says to run boldly to the throne of grace. Now, that takes some practice, and I'm still working on it. But we are not to hide from our Heavenly Father because He is the only one that can take that wound and cleanse it and make us whole again. And the longer we hide, the more it gets a chance to fester. We need to change our paradigm. God, I messed up. Dang it, I messed up. I gave in to this thing or that thing, and I'm wrong. Help me. Heal me. Make me whole. Show me how to make this right. And guess what the Word says? You will find mercy and grace in your time of need. And there was one thing that just... I I get to share it here. Thank you, Lord. Um, There was one thing... You remember the film clip from last week, The Bear? I love that film clip. That is too cool, where the the cougar is coming up and he smacks the little bear on the face. You know what? That's going to happen to us. God is going to teach us how to take a hit. We need to expect to be able to take a hit. We need to expect to be able to lose a little blood. But what happened right after that? Here come Mama. What'd she do? She started licking his face, healing his wound. So we can expect to take a hit. But we need to abide. And this word is so cool, I love it. I had to look it up twice, guys. Abide. Uh, if you're taking notes, that's the Greek 3306. <sighs> It'll be a little... It says meno, M-E-N-O. It means to pull up our adult breeches. Primary verb, to stay in a given place, to stay in a given state, to stay in a given relation, or to stay in a given expectancy. Y'all? Some of you may know I love to fish. I love it. I could do it and just mess all kinds of things up with the time I spend out there. But I go, when I go, I don't go not expecting to catch fish. I got all kinds of good holes that I go to. And I got all kind of good baits that I use. But you know, sometimes when I go to one of my good holes, and I take out one of my good baits, and I put that sucker right where it's got to be, just flowing right along that current, and then there's a rock there, and I know that fish is laying behind that rock. But you know what? That $5 lure don't even turn his head. (laughs) I'll throw it two or three times just in case, you know. But I still expect to catch that fish. So what do I do? Do I go upriver and then come back? No. 
What am I going to I'm going to go in my tackle box. I'm going to get me a different lure, and I'm going to throw it out there. And if he doesn't hit that one, I'm going to throw another one out there because I expect to catch that fish. I'm not giving up on my prize. I'm staying there till I aggravate him to death and he hits that lure. It says to continue, to dwell, to endure, to be present, to remain. And here's one that's been talked about from the pulpit for the last couple of weeks. Stand. Stand. Abide. Stand in your calling. When the cougar comes up, stand in your calling. When the cougar strikes at you, stand in your calling. When you're bleeding a little bit, the word says he's going to bleed seven times more when you get restored. You know, again, just we, we talked about Job. I cannot imagine losing everything I had. Everything. The children that I love, the business that I built up, the farm that I had, gone. I cannot imagine that. But he stayed and he stood with God. He dwelled there. He tarried there. And uh, so that was such a good definition. You know, I, I couldn't turn down my Webster's. So I had to go to the 1947 Webster's. This is what it says. It says, to take up one's abode. And an abode is a residence, a place of residence. To dwell, to stay, not to depart, to maintain, to remain satisfied with. That's a good one. Especially for people like me who are not really... Well, over the years it's changed, but most of the time if something broke, I wasn't going to fix it. I was just going to go get me another. But a lot of things, they don't make like they used to, you know. So, even though it may have a little nick here or there, I fix up things a lot more than I used to. It says, uh, to be prepared for. To remain in your calling, to be prepared for what? Well, what are you thinking down the line? And this question came to me. I mean, a lot of you guys already do this, but to, to me it was, it was something that I had to let go. Where are you going to be in five years? Now, the Lord knows. And uh, somewhere in Proverbs it says what? It says, uh, man makes his plans. But the Lord directs his steps. So we need to plan. We need to plan. So what am I going to be prepared for? To await. To be able to endure or sustain. To remain firm under. To, to put up with. <laughs> to tolerate. All that is in that one word, abide. Let each one abide in the same calling with which he was called. In the same, hey, y'all, here's your invitation. You stay there. Because that's where, that's where the goodness and the fatness is. That's where your strength is. 
You know? That's where our strength is, is to remain where he called us. This is good stuff. Okay. Now, you remember that I've been talking about, this is how the Lord works with me. I got like six pages of notes here, and I came, it came out of one definition. So this is how it happened. You know, we were talking about the diversities of gifts and the things that we can't change, all our identity. All these things are inputs into our character. So, woo-wee, we got to run. What is character? This is the definition I was looking up, and this is what tri- tri- tricked everything. This is from Webster's. It says, from the Greek, a character is to cut, to engrave, a distinctive mark made by cutting, stamping, or engraving as on stone, metal, or other hard material. A mark or a figure written or printed and used to form words and communicate ideas. And then it said, the peculiar form of letters written or printed on, used by a particular person or people, the peculiar qualities impressed by nature or habit on a person which distinguish him from others. Strongly marked distinctive qualities of any kind. Was there a word that jumped out at you like it jumped out at me? Peculiar. Where have we heard that one? And you're right. Peculiar. This is where we are. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to go to verse 9. If I can get there. When I really finally got a hold of this, I couldn't sit down for like five minutes. Come here, Peter. Where are you? There you are. Okay. I'm going to back up a little bit. Uh... There's, there's a couple of things I just want to quickly go through. I'm, I'm, don't, you don't have to worry about it, but I'm going to read it. It says, therefore, laying aside, this is verse 1, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, and envy, all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And then it says, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God. Chosen. That means selected. By God and precious. You as living stones are built up into a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then we're going to jump over to verse 9. He says, but you are a chosen generation. Chosen. Selected. Generation. Your kin. Did you know that you're Jesus' little brother and little sister? Oh, yeah. We used to have a pastor here who says, I'm Jesus' favorite. Yeah. 
I'm Jesus' favorite. The kindred, the nation, the offspring, the stock. And then it says, a royal priesthood. Revelation 19.16 says, uh, who is our king? Jesus. What does it say on his sash when he comes back? King of kings and Lord of lords. You can't get any better than that. And then it says, a holy nation set apart. And then that word peculiar. Peculiar people. Now, peculiar may or may not mean strange. May or may not mean strange. But this is what it means in the Greek. And uh, it's uh, 1519. And it's E-I-S, pronounced ice. And this is what it says. A primary preposition. To or into. Indicating the point reached or entered. Of place, time, or purpose. Then it says, as an adverbial, against, among, as at, far more exceedingly, so much to the intent that throughout till. But here's the one that really got me. Often used in composition with the same general import, but only with verbs expressing motion. Well, what does that all mean? <laughs> He has selected and gifted us for the time that we are in to move into a particular place to accomplish his purpose. Let that sink in for a second. It's only used with verbs indicating motion. We are to be moving in the direction of His calling. We are to be moving against the gates of hell because if we know who the Lord is, the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. You are a peculiar people. I am a peculiar person. And the enemy hates that so much. Why? Because he will not prevail against it. Mm. Remain in the calling in which we are called. Don't forget what our primary purpose is. Embrace the specialness 
of who you are. Let it flow through you as you move with the Lord. Desire the gifts. He says to desire the best gifts. Embrace them. If he's given it to you and you don't understand it, what does James say to do? Ask. And above all, let that relationship between you and your daddy, daddy God, let it flower. Let it bloom. Do not be afraid, because he sees and he knows everything anyway. <laughs> there is nothing that you can do that he don't know about. Nothing that we can say that he hadn't heard. And he still loves us, whether it's good or bad. And he will correct us when it's good and when it's bad. Or when, it, when it's bad. Yes, Jeff? Exactly. They will let you know that. Yes. That's why it's so important to be in a body and committed in that body because they will validate that gifting Exactly. And that's why, exactly. And that's why it's so important. Also, you know, um, and I'm going to put a plug in here, Brother Andy. That's why it's also very, very important to plug in to a life group. So that those gifts, if you mess up, your body, your close body can say, hey, you know, you might want to work on that a little bit. Or they can say, hey, you are right on. So that if you have been gifted with a tongue, or if you have been gifted with prophecy, or if you have been gifted with any of the gifts. As you grow, you can share them with the body at large and have more confidence. We should all have confidence. When God says to do something, we should all do it. I'll do it. I'm not saying don't do it. What I'm saying is, sometimes it helps. So, I can tell you with all confidence that my name is Lee Moss. That I am a prophetically motivated teacher. It's what makes me tick. I stand up here in fear and trembling, and I don't take this lightly. But I enjoy it. I love it. You guys can't move when I tell a dad joke. <laughs> or you could, but you know. So, thank you for allowing me to serve him in the way that he's called me to. And I look forward to hearing you and seeing you serve him in the way that he has called you and made you. Yes, Lynn.
Yep. And you're there. Yep. You get to minister to them. Yep. Exactly. Keep it humble. Not not have all this grandiose uh, dreams of grandeur stuff that people do because they're thinking in their natural mind. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, because to God, that one moment is everything. You got it. Specifically, if it leads to salvation, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Exactly right. He cares that much about you laying hands on somebody that has a common cold. And they get healed. And by the way, that's not a minor miracle. There are no minor miracles. They're major. And there are no sicknesses that are too small to be prayed for. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Did y'all get anything out of this rambling stuff? If you did, thank God for it because it wasn't me. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be with your people and to dine at your table. Lord, I just ask that you take the words that are yours and you seal them up good and bury them deep and let them grow, I ask, in this house. And Father, the words that weren't you, cast them out and burn them, Lord, I ask in Jesus' name. Thank you for this people. Lord, I ask that you protect and grow each one of them. And I just thank you, Father God, for the day that you've given us today. In Jesus' name, amen.